teachers have become stars these days on TikTok, that social media platform for sharing short videos. How big has this phenomenon gotten? Well, if you watched the primetime TV special last week for the inauguration, you might have noticed that the person who introduced Dave Grohl was a kindergarten teacher who's become famous because of TikTok, where she has hundreds of thousands of followers. Like many educators, my passion is engaging young minds, whether in the classroom or through a computer screen. I happen to go viral because of it. So why are so many teachers on TikTok? And what are they getting out of it? And is it even a good thing for the teaching profession that classroom instructors are part of the site known for dance crazes, jokes, and other irreverent content? Hello and welcome to the Ed Surge Podcast, where each week we look at how education is changing. I'm Jeff Young, a reporter and an editor here at Ed Surge. Today we are talking to two very different teachers who have gone viral on TikTok. We actually did not get the teacher who was on national TV last week. But I talked to someone actually who has even more followers on the platform than she does. It's Brooke Rogers, who teaches at a private middle school in the San Francisco Bay Area. More than half a million people follow her TikTok account. She's been on the platform since its very beginning, back when it was called Musical.ly, and since back before she was a teacher. So I came in to the classroom already having an account and already being a creator. I just, if you scroll way back on my account, you'll find videos of me and my kids like lip syncing to Frozen music. (laughs) I could not find that Frozen clip, but she and her family have done lots of popular songs that that parents sing with kids. I love social media and I have always loved sharing my story and my family. So um, any kind of new app that comes out. I always want to try it out and just see if I like it. So I was one of the first people to do Snapchat and then I got rid of it for a while. You know, I just kind of like trying out new things. And so Musical.ly came out and I tried it out and then I've just stuck around with it. It's been a nice place where I could just kind of have a good time. It didn't feel so stuffy as Instagram where you like had to have a picture perfect setup and you could kind of just have a good time. That's why I liked TikTok. But her use of TikTok shifted once she started teaching about two years ago. Her focus changed to documenting the experience of being a first-year teacher. It was because it was my first year of teaching. So, I mean, you're talking like 70, 80-hour work weeks. Like, it's all you think about. It's all you do. You're constantly lesson planning, constantly thinking about your classroom. So pretty much all my jokes just ended up being education-related. So I changed. It was a family account, and I ended up changing the name to that new teacher because that's all I was talking about anymore. The intended audience isn't her class, of course. She was trying to shed light on what teaching is like and share that with others and to entertain a mass audience. But inevitably, her students figured out that their teacher was kind of a mini celebrity on a social platform they were already using. I was having a study hall in my classroom for the basketball team, and one of the students walked up to my desk with his phone and was like, Miss Rogers, explain yourself, and held up a video of me on TikTok. And so that's how they found me. From there, it just spread. <laughs> Did, was there ever, was that awkward or you're, you're okay with that? It has been a transition, like them 
knowing, like seeing me on their phone after school and things like that, it is different to know that they are watching my videos or commenting on my videos when I'm outside of the class. But for the most part, it has been something that has brought me together with my students. They'll come into class and be like, that one you made was so funny. Or um, they'll ask me what I'm going to make next and things like that. So her students were actually part of her most popular video on TikTok. And it was one of my attention getters that I did with my students. And um, it's based off a a Todrick Hall song. And so it was like, do I have your attention? And they were clapping back and forth. Um, And that one is just a special moment that I had with my students. And then one week later, we were quarantined and I like never got to do it with them again. So that one is really special to me. Now, and you recorded, do you actually record your students? Aren't there sort of privacy issues there? It was a recording of, it, it was a recording of just my face. So I had the camera pointed at myself and then it was just them clapping and laughing in the background. What even sparked that one? What's the story behind that? So that video, my students in that class, they, all the other classes had a special senior that was coming into their classes for the day and that class didn't have one. And so I was like, what's something that we could do that would be fun? And I said, you guys want to make a TikTok with me? And because I've never done that. That was the first time I had ever made anything with my students in the background, their voices or filming in class. I always film on my lunch break or after school. And so I was like, do you guys want to make a TikTok? Let's do, do I have your attention? Let's do the clap. And so it kind of progressed from there. And then did you, you didn't expect it to go that viral? No, I posted it on a Sunday morning. Um, I was getting ready for church and I posted it on a Sunday morning. And I was kind of like, I would post silly videos sometimes and be like, I'm going to leave that up for 24 hours. It's kind of embarrassing. And then I'm going to take it down. And so <laughs> I was, that was what it was going to be for me. I was like, oh, I'll just post it for Sunday for the people who want to see like a glimpse into my classroom and then I'll take it down. And when I came home from church five hours later, it had a million views. <laughs> <laughs> why do you think, why, why do you think? I think people like to see teachers loving their jobs. A lot of times we, teachers can, um, we, we want to stand up for our rights and we want to make sure that everything is fair and equal and teachers get viewed as complaining when we're doing that. Um, and so I think it was a glimpse into looking at teachers who love what they do and love their students. And so I think that maybe is what was catching. The clip is somehow joyful in a way I can't really quite describe. And some people worry actually that the vibe in general on teacher TikTok is maybe too upbeat. Lately, there's been a bit of a critique that TikTok is contributing to what is being called toxic positivity. Basically, the worry is that all these happy glimpses of classrooms mask the challenges of the current moment when it comes to teaching. I mean, we're living through a pandemic. Times are hard. I was curious to hear Brooke's response to this idea. This I, I don't know if you heard those, that phrase. I have toxic recently. Positivity. Yeah. I heard that for the first time just a couple of weeks ago, like in reference to um, the new year and reflecting on 2020 and talking about like, I'm not a fan of toxic positivity. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe I am. <laughs> for me, I just want to make you smile. And if that's that's my goal. So for my content, I don't necessarily on TikTok go super deep into like my emotions of teaching and things like that. It's more like 
a relatable, it's relatable content, I feel like, for teachers and students. And it turns out that is actually Brooke's mission, to spread joy about teaching and kind of boost the profession. In fact, she's even helped create a group of teachers on TikTok called Teacher Hype House. The group even has a website explaining that they're set up to, quote, have fun and inspire teachers. But not all teachers on TikTok seek hype. Ariel Fodor, a kindergarten teacher in L.A., says her goal is to give a more raw look at the life of a teacher. I kind of had a, have a bad reputation in teacher TikTok um, of being the person that's just going to say things. And my administration is not shocked by this. They know who I am. They know, they've watched my TikToks. They're very aware. And it's not like I'm saying anything bad. But when I realized that this was going to become a thing, that I was going to be a teacher with a platform, and I, I, I remember being so upset because I was like, I am never going to be the girl that gets up and can, like, go... My friends will go into their classroom at 6 in the morning, and they are amazing. They, like, work harder than anybody I've ever met. And I'm like, I'm going to be late with Starbucks sometimes, and I'm not going to have makeup on, and it's going to be what it is. Um, And I felt like that meant that I wouldn't be successful, that I wouldn't be able to meet people, that people would think I was not a good teacher because when I was in my training program... I was obsessed with teacher Instagram and I thought they were perfect. They had it all together. They had the perfect lessons. They were cute lesson plans, not just like worksheets, but they were like the, and they at the time were doing room transformations. Ron Clark Academy was a whole thing. So people would change their whole rooms. And like, I, I felt that that was going to be the pressure that was put on me. And then I had this moment where, I was like, you know what, I need to make sure that the teachers coming up into this profession are not comparing themselves to me. Um, And if they're comparing themselves to other people, I want to be the person that says, do not compare yourself to anyone. So I really try to make a point of that um, when people say, oh, I want to be like you. I always say, do not be like me be like you. I spare them the details of how I'm a hot mess. They don't, they don't need that. But like, we're all very human. And TikTok, the thing that I love about it so much is it's so unifying that the toxic positivity, the new word that has been coined in this time, toxic positivity often lives on teacher Instagram. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's some days I need to go and see pretty rainbow classrooms and happy uplifting quotes because it's just too much. I've always wanted to be honest. And if a parent approaches me, it's like, hey, what's the story with this? Like, I, I love talking to my parents. They're, they're my, one of my favorite parts of the job. So I would be happy to do that. I try to always think to myself, something I was taught in my credential program too, is always defend, always have research and data and be prepared to defend everything that you do. Um, because you're being watched. And that's something that I think I've already internalized. So being on TikTok is just kind of an extension of that, especially in kindergarten. Parents are always watching. For instance, some of her TikTok videos give advice aimed at other teachers about how to handle tough moments in teaching. 
like this one, which begins with a picture with the words, what to expect when you become a teacher, upset parents. Not every conversation is going to be a fun one, but I can promise you that your mindset is going to change everything. If you go into that meeting thinking they hate me, they're mad at me, you're going to feel like they hate you and they're mad at you. No. What? But if you go into that meeting thinking they want what's best for their child and we are on the same team because I also want what's best for their child, you're going to have a much better conversation and a much better experience. What is my hair doing? Really showing someone that you're there and you're listening goes a long way. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Their heart is walking around in your classroom, right, Bolt? She says that TikTok has given her an important way to connect with other teachers during the pandemic. Almost like some sort of virtual teacher's lounge nationally. You know, I it was very isolating and it was very uncertain. And it was just something where, oh, these people understand me. And my dog is chewing something. Arun, can you take the bone off of the dog, please? Thank you. Come out here. It's okay. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, it was. It's you know, it's a big community, and these people kind of have an understanding of what you're going through in a time where I didn't even understand what I was going through. <laughs> and she says that these short videos that she's watching have actually led her to incredibly practical tips and ideas that she's put into practice in her own teaching. I've learned more from TikTok than I have from any school, and. Every technology thing I've ever done in distance learning, I have learned because somebody, some genius put it together on a TikTok, in teacher TikTok, and it's like there's, you know, we're trying to navigate doing read-alouds with the students, for example. There's all these websites and all these ways that you can go about finding books, but you don't want to just be a voiceover a lot of the times because if the if there's nothing moving, the kindergartners, I they're not really going to be engaged with you at all. So you can put your little face. There's like Chrome extensions and you can like put your bubble of a face on the screen and read a book to them. And it's, it seems so small and silly, but these are moments and things that we are totally missing out on with our kids this year. She started out making silly videos, riffing on popular memes, but adapting them to the teacher perspective. And that was really fun. And then really quickly, I started seeing people share about their lives. And I was like, eh, nobody really cares what a kindergarten teacher has to say. But I started ranking or rating things that my kindergartners said. Real things my kindergartners said today. Miss F, where is your house? I'm in my house right now. This is it? No, but like, how do I get there? Uh, well, I live in this town next to this part of the city. Okay, hold on. Okay, great. My mommy is going to bring me to your school tomorrow. To my school? Yes. My mommy is going to bring me over to your house for school tomorrow morning, okay? No, 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 my friend. Hey, Miss F, when do we have a school? Well, we have a school right now. Yeah, but you said you were going to show us the school. Well, I did on Zoom, but we can't go, friend. But when do we have a classroom? When will we go to school? Remember when we talked about the coronavirus yesterday? I hate the coronavirus. I need two friends.
and then people started to being you know more like tell me more tell me more things more things and um it just kind of morphed from that into my day-to-day and people got more interested in what just me I guess which is weird and then the George Floyd protest started and those were right outside my door um and very very um huge in Los Angeles I mean they went on for days weeks you know and all of everything that came with that um I started to speak not only about teaching in kindergarten but teaching as activism and using a lot of and explaining a lot of the tools that my school has given me I've been very fortunate um to have had extensive training in the areas of anti-racism and activism and how to talk to kids about that, how to navigate those conversations without making it. It's not like you and I as an adult, as adults, we would talk about, you know, the political parties and the this and there's so much, but it's really the way that it's taught with kids is very small. It's very like, It's very interesting. By now, she kind of has a series of bits that she does riffing on teaching. It's almost like she's a late night host with kind of segments that her fans know to look for. It sounds silly, but I started doing what they call on TikTok POV, point of view videos, from a teacher's perspective. And in the videos, I'm talking to, I mean, it could be a politician. It in the past has been a social media star. It just you know, you're talking to someone who's an adult in a very adult situation, but you're talking to them as though they are a kindergartner. So you are speaking to these grown-ups like they're kindergarten students. And for some reason, that has been what really resonates with people. I have a whole series where I talk to my my fiance, my partner, like he's a kindergarten student. He, I would never, but he thinks they're hilarious in theory, um, you know, to people with road rage, talking to them like they're a kindergartner. Here's one where she's pretending to talk to Donald Trump right after Election Day, as if he was one of her kindergartners. Friend, you did not win, but not winning is not a reason to destroy the Oval Office and hurt our friends, okay? Okay, I can see that we're... I know that you want to play golf, friend, but we cannot play golf until we turn this around and make it right, okay? So first, we're going to clean up the Oval Office together, and then you can go play golf, okay? (sighs) I know, my friend. Okay, I can see that you're still having a really big feeling, and that's okay. I'm just going to stay right here if you want me to. I can stay or I can go. Your choice. Okay, I'll stay right here, and I'll put my timer on, and I'll just wait with you, okay, until your body feels calm again, okay? And I get tons of messages every day of people being like, you know what? My five-year-old had a tantrum today and I talked to him like you talk in your videos. I just stole things that you say and it worked. And I think there's something really interesting in the, what that says about us as adults, that there's a piece of us maybe that still needs to be talked through problems not in that tone of voice, not with those choice of words, but there's a nurturing that we can give ourselves in our inner monologue. And when we're engaging with others, we can put that into practice that 
really the way that we treat children and the, the things we're doing in the classroom can be applied elsewhere. And it begs the question of like, if people had this in their childhood, what would they be like today? And Ariel argues that these silly jokes that she makes on TikTok have actually forced her to grow as a teacher. I'm much more mindful now about thinking about my own thinking. You know, there's a lot of metacognition that goes on where I'm thinking about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, I think that every teacher has their strengths. I do not have all the strengths. I am a third year teacher. I am not the be all and end all of education. But one, one thing that I've always been strong is in relationship building with my students. And I never really thought about it. I never really, I would put things into practice and I would do the things that you're supposed to do as an educator. But then I really started thinking about the impact of what I'm doing and I'm hearing stories from people from when they were in kindergarten and what they remember as a 30 year old from that period of time and you know so I'm thinking about that and it's it's almost like backwards planning when we lesson plan but it's for just everything so it's it's been really helpful to think to grow my practice in that way she now has more than 350,000 followers on TikTok that's a that's a lot. For both of these teachers I talked to, it's enough of a following so they're able to make a little extra income. Ariel has merchandise she sells, like sweatshirts that say, this is how I use my teacher voice. And Brooke has done occasional product placement videos that she makes and uploads when brands approach her. As Brooke told me, there are moments when she gets stopped like she's a celebrity. I even have new students, like a new student parent drove up and was like, you're the famous teacher. <laughs> I was like, nice to meet you. Um, for the most part, they've embraced it. But she argues that the goal is not for her to be known. It's for the huge number of people who look at TikTok to start thinking differently about teachers. I think as a teacher, the way we were educated and our generation was educated was like the teacher is this... Uh, like you can't talk to her and you can't really touch her. Like you gotta stay very far away from, you know what I mean? Like this strict authoritarian type teacher. And that just doesn't work in this generation as much. Um, and so I think that TikTok humanizes teachers a little bit more and helps students see, hey, these teachers can actually be kind of funny outside the classroom or um, they have a life, you know what I mean? Besides, they don't all live at school. So I do love that TikTok and teachers, it kind of humanizes us and connects us with students in a different way. That's one thing I like about TikTok. And you don't worry that it could be, uh, you know, come somehow undermine your ability to, to have a little bit of authority here and there to be like, I'm teaching you. <laughs> I, I Okay, I have seen the fifth graders that came in as sixth graders. They did see me as like, oh, she's a TikTok teacher. And so I think there's this like misconception that maybe all I do is like, make jokes in class or something, but I'm actually kind of a serious teacher. So it took a little bit, it only took like two weeks for the new students coming in to be like, oh, she's a teacher. <laughs> We're learning. <laughs> so you you can set them straight. You just, yeah. You yeah. Just, you just do your thing and it works out. Definitely. I think Got they it. come to, it, it comes to balance out when they, when there are uh, hopes of us doing absolutely nothing in class, but dancing to TikTok diminishes quickly. 
do you worry that colleagues might also get that impression, misimpression or people that hear about this that don't know your teaching and don't know your, you know, work? Yeah, it's definitely something that I feel like sometimes I, have, I might have to prove myself a little bit to be like, yeah, the, the, I actually teach rigorous material and I I don't think my col- my colleagues are really supportive um, and they see that I stay late and that I come early and I work hard. It's, it's not a question with my staff, but um, I think for parents and students, like sometimes it's got to be like, no, I, I make jokes, but it's not a joke. Like education is not a joke. To me. This has been the Ed Surge Podcast. Each week, we bring you stories like this one. You won't find us on TikTok, but we are on all the podcast platforms out there. So please subscribe if you haven't already and take a minute to give us a rating or review. This episode was written and produced by me, Jeff Young, and you can find me on Twitter at JR Young. Editing this episode by Stephen Nunu. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. And special thanks, as always, to Tony Wan, the managing editor of EdSurge. We'll be back next week with more on how education is changing. Thanks for listening.